0: Well, good morning. morning. This morning I want to possibly say something that might be a bit of a revelation to you, and that is this, that science agrees with the Bible. Thank you, John. I'll say it again. Science agrees with the Bible. All right, yeah, well, put on another pot of coffee. People need some caffeine this morning. I found an article in Psychology Today that says that gratitude is good for us. In fact, there are seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude that I want to share with you this morning because saying thank you is more than just having good manners, okay? Now, I think we should say thank you. I do I think I think we should hold doors. I think we should let other people go in first. I think we should be polite all the time. But there are actually scientific benefits that come when we have gratitude. Let me share those with you. Number 1, I don't know if you if you care about this, okay? Because you may not. You may be different than me. I personally I like being liked, okay? gratitude causes people to like you more. Think about that for a minute. Most of us, you know, want to be like, there's a few of us that are like, I really don't care. That's okay, we love you anyway. You know, we like you. We're gonna just, we're gonna just slobber all over you and, and try to make you feel good. Number two is that gratitude improves your health. In fact, it is scientifically proven that having an attitude that is thankful will actually, it has the ability to extend your life. Anybody here want to live longer? Yeah. It's everybody except the people that say, I really don't like anybody. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I, don't uh, I don't, I don't care if people like me. They don't, maybe they're the ones that don't want to live long. I don't know. I personally, I'm all about living longer. Okay. All right, I almost bailed out once. Thank you, Jesus. He saved me, uh, and I don't want to go through that again. I, I'd like to live, you know, to a ripe old age. You'd be all wrinkled and all that stuff. That's I'm getting there. I'm starting to get there. Um, <laughs> number three, gratitude increases happiness and actually decreases depression. How many of you like depression? Anybody here like depression? Depression, for anybody that's gone through it, is terrible. It's awful. Gratitude actually has an impact on depression. It has an impact on not just our mood, but actually allowing us to experience happiness. Number four, and this is a good one, because sometimes, you know, we might deserve this, but but attitude actually reduces our desire for revenge. Mm, All the married couples said, it's going to be a rough day today. (laughs) All the married couples right away should just yell, amen, that's good. Also, let me share this with you. I talked to you about this little book this, that we call a gratitude journal. I encourage you to pick one up. Do you know that a gratitude journal, journaling in a, about what you're thankful for at night actually improves your sleep? I didn't look it up, but Americans spend a lot of money on falling asleep and staying asleep. Journaling about things that you are grateful for actually improve your sleep. Number six, it improves your self-esteem. And in athletes, it is shown to uh, improve your optimal performance. And it makes the lights go out, evidently. <laughs> so, so being grateful, it has so many impacts. Do you know that gratitude actually helps you to overcome Trauma. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, the Apostle Paul says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, I realize that you might be here today, and you might be facing a very difficult circumstance in your life. Maybe it's something to do with Money. Maybe you're battling an illness and and maybe no one else knows about it. Maybe there is something that you are going through that others are not aware of. Maybe you're in one of the stages leading up to a divorce. Maybe you're contemplating that and, and you haven't told anybody, even your spouse. Maybe you're experiencing depression. And so when we talk about the power of gratitude, it's not something that really rings true in your heart and in your mind, because you say, if you only understood my circumstance, it's so discouraging. My circumstance is so depressing that there really is no way out of it. Friends, I want you to know that the Bible says that there is power in expressing gratitude. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, he said, "Be Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's break down these verses that Paul speaks to us that contain the power of gratitude. The first thing that Paul tells us that we need to do to experience the power of gratitude is be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Why do I need to be careful how I live? Paul says it's because the days are evil. In his letter to his young apprentice, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, Paul says this, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. That idea of terrible, it means perilous times, difficult, dangerous, or furious. The Benson commentary on that word, it means this, it means difficult for the faithful followers of Jesus to discharge their consciences, and yet at the same time to maintain their safety. As we look at what's been happening in our world, I go back to October 7th when a terror group known as Hamas killed 1,400 people in Israel, most of them being Jews, and they took over 200 hostages from Israel. In Psalm 122, verse 6, we are instructed to pray for the peace of Israel. Now, maybe some of this has kind of been lost on you, so let me take this moment because of Paul's encouragement to us to be careful how we live because the days are evil, and let me just sort of put a little bit of perspective on this particular situation. Paul says in Ephesians 6, he said that the day of evil will come. I don't know if you've picked this up in the news, but there has been something that has been called the day of rage, where there are demonstrations and protests that are pro-Palestinian, and their theme is from the river to the sea. What they're really saying is, is that they intend not to remove Israel from their land, but to destroy every man, woman, and child. All the Jewish people. Peter says this in 1 Peter 5.80, he said, Be alert and be sober. Things that are happening in our world, they can be scary. In fact, sometimes it's easier just to turn it off. And not not look at it at all, and I understand, especially for younger people. I know that we've had that conversation in my house. Do we have to watch that? It's just something that's not it's not doing anything for me. It's not encouraging me. It's actually making me feel uh, worried or afraid. And so sometimes it's just easier just to not think about it. But there are things happening in our world today that can cause fear in our hearts. Paul said, be careful because the days are evil, but I want you to know something, that gratitude puts our eyes off the problem and onto God. Because when we're, when we're grateful, when we're thankful, we're not just thankful for a thing, we're thankful to a person, we're thankful to God because of what he has done. Number two, Paul says we need to stay connected to reality. Ephesians chapter five, I read it just a moment ago. Let me read 17 and 18 again. He said, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Those of you that have kids, you might have seen this before, but there's something called VR goggles. They're not beer goggles. That's different. VR goggles. Sam, you got VR goggles? No, you don't. Have, you're a big gamer. I thought you'd have VR goggles. Uh, Isaac has a pair or had a pair of VR goggles. I, I don't know if he has them anymore. But, but one day I said, hey, I said, I want to I try those things. I want to see what that's like. And so I sat on a chair in his room and I strapped these things on and all of a sudden I was underwater. And I, everywhere I looked, I was underwater and the scene changed as I moved. The scene was different. As I looked down, I, and that's a weird feeling when you look and pretty soon you're like, holy cow, I don't know where I am right now. It changes reality. It feels real. Paul says that we should not get drunk on wine, and what he is saying here is something that we need to hear. Now, we can look in history, and, and alcohol goes back 7,000 years. It dates back to China, 7, or 7,000 years B.C., rather. And in this country, we spend an astounding $510 billion a year on substance abuse. And Americans use substances to escape reality. If Paul wrote his letter to the Ephesians today, Paul would not only include things like wine, but he might throw in there marijuana. He might throw in opioids. He might say, don't scroll endlessly on social media. He might say, don't play video games all night long. Don't use things as an escape from reality. And your response this morning might be, you don't have any idea the pain that I go through you don't know, you don't know why I need to escape. Friends, using addictive things doesn't really avoid pain. It simply delays it a little bit. And generally, the price that we pay afterwards is greater because of it. It only postpones it for a little while. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, Paul says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you know that gratitude is actually a defense against anxiety in our lives. It helps us combat anxiety. It empowers us to stay connected to reality. It helps us to put reality into perspective. The third thing that Paul says is that we need to engage one another. Verse 19, there in our text of Ephesians 5, he said, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Now, I realize where we live. We live in Youper land. okay? We live in the, in the land where it is socially acceptable and preferable to not be expressive, I didn't expect an amen there. It just, you know, just wouldn't be right. Do you know what I'm saying? Paul says we need to engage with each other. When we get together on Sunday morning, I realize that not everybody is like the people that are on the worship team. I'll pick on Jessica this morning. Jessica loves to worship. She loves to to be a part of the team. But even when she's not a part of the team, she's still worshiping. And I'll, I'll guarantee it's not just while she's here, but when we gather together and we worship, we can't leave it up to people like Jessica to do all the worshiping for us. Paul said we need to engage. And as we do that, we're not only worshiping God, but we're actually engaging one another. I realize that it might be tempting to try to slip into church on a Sunday morning as close to 9.30 as you possibly can and try to get beyond Jan Paulus as soon as you possibly can. Because if you can squeeze by her, you, you, you might be able to, to, to thread the needle and, and not have to greet anybody or not be hugged. But Jan, if you get by, Jan is just going to, come on, bring it in. Bring it in. That's Jan, right? You know who I'm talking about. She is there to hug you and greet. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter when the last time you were here, but that's who ultimately she is. But as we engage one another... He said, we need to speak among ourselves to one another. When we come to church, our goal should not be to avoid people at all costs. So I can just check off church for another week. We need to engage one another. We need to speak to one another. We need to address one another. We need to build each other up to edify one another. We need to accept responsibility for one another. Whoa, wait a minute. Mm -mm. Now you're crossing the line. You mean we have to accept responsibility for each other? That's what scripture tells us. We are responsible for one another. And Paul said we need to engage one another. We need to speak and we need to share between one another. I have to say that the last uh, little over three years, okay, we have learned some bad habits, we've learned to do grocery pickup, okay? Some of you think grocery pickup's the best thing in the world. Grocery pickup is terrible. It's awful, okay? I've told you that sometimes I gotta go to Walmart just to see people, okay? I gotta go to Walmart just to see people because I know I'm gonna see a few people that I know, And, and I don't go in there just so I can get out of there fast, I go in there because I don't want to get out of there fast, right? I want to see somebody. I want to talk to somebody. And and when we do that grocery pickup, there's no, you're not talking to anybody. That poor kid putting the groceries in the back of your car, you know, you hit the button and the the back end comes up and you're like, thank you. That's not engaging, okay? Okay. That's not what Paul's talking about. But when you go inside the grocery store and you walk up and down every aisle, you got your cart and you're like, "Ooh, I see somebody I know. I got go to go the other aisle because I don't want I don't want to have to talk. I don't take me too long." <laughs> we need to engage one another. I realize you may not feel like this is your strong suit. That's okay. It's all right. But we need to be engaged in this. When we get together, we, you know why we sing? It gets us all focused on the same thing. On the, the, this morning, the goodness of God. Man, we're all, we're all focused on the goodness of God as we were singing together. We need to be reminded of God's goodness. We focus as we worship together on the same truth. Psalm 118, verse 1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So as we sing, You are good, God, we are literally focusing on God's word. And that's the whole point. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, Paul says, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we focus on these truths together, we edify or build one another up. I'll tell you, that's why our connect groups are so important. They're hugely important. Because when we get together and we're sitting in a circle together and we're discussing something and we're sharing with one another, we are engaging. We're engaging with one another. And we hear things about each other's lives and we share thoughts and we share what's happening and we share our concerns and we share about God's word. We are engaging one another the way Paul has instructed us to do. Engaging. James in chapter 1 verse 17 it says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. When we're engaging together this way, when we're talking this way, we're able to show our gratitude to God for all of the gifts that God has given to us. And we're able to share even the difficulties of our lives. But this gratitude that we can display, it helps us to engage one another. It helps us to encourage one another. It helps us to build each other up. And number four, Paul says that we need to express our gratitude to God. Anybody try this this week? Anybody try journaling your gratitude? Huh? Anybody try that? One per. I got one. Thank you, John. Boy, you're on a roll, John. That's two Attaboys in one Sunday. Good job, teacher's pet. <laughs> try it. Try it for the rest of the month. Begin to write down the things that you are grateful for. And, and some of them you might say, well, it's so simple. Or, or, or it's really not. that. Yeah, it's, it is important. It is, and it, and it might be simple. But, but begin to think back over your life. You might start with something that, that's right now that's around you, but yet you can look back and see how God brought you to this place. This week, I, one of the things that I was thankful for, I was thankful for the house that we live in. But then I began to think back. I thought, I thought back to the, the first little house that we ever lived in when Benjamin was just a little boy, really, really young. In fact, this week, I drove him by that house. And I, I pointed at the garage, the peak of the garage, and I said, I had you sitting on top of that garage, and your mother freaked out when she got home. <laughs> we were building that garage. I brought him up there and sat him down so he could look at the neighborhood from the heights. And then I thought, you know how, how that little house blessed us so much? And then I remembered building a house in erie pennsylvania and how building that house was so enjoyable and the warmth of our family was so so it was just so incredible and we love that house and then that house is because because I, i tend to give those things back to the lord i say god this is yours and so the 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 you know, the, the benefit of that house and building that house let us move here and buy a house that we lived out at the crossroads for 17 years and loved living there, which allowed us to buy the house that we have now. So you're just reviewing all the blessings of God and it starts with just one thing. We can express our gratitude to God, telling Him what we're thankful for. Verse twenty, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always for everything, we're directing that all to God. Psalm one hundred uh, is a psalm that I love. Verses one and two, it said, "It says a psalm for giving grateful praise. Shout." For joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know, because we have received Christ, Paul says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7 that we should be overflowing with thankfulness. That means in excess. More than enough. It means like a cup that's running over. The writer of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28 says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. So based on what we have received, gratitude should be a natural outflow of our lives. So as we close our service this morning, I want you to remember there are scientifically proven benefits to being grateful. And when you exercise that gratitude muscle, you experience those benefits in greater number. Yes, I know there are difficult circumstances, but there is power in gratitude. I'm going to invite you to stand with me if you would as we close our service this morning. And here's what I would like to do as we close. I'm going to invite you to just bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you for these people that are here today. I thank you for this church family. And God, I... I, I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve in this position. And I pray, Lord, for those that are here that they're experiencing some very difficult things. And the difficulty of those things can try to to distract our attention from the things that we should be grateful for. Because these situations, these circumstances are big, and they cause us to be afraid. So this morning, I'm just going to ask you this question, and I'm going to tell you right now ahead of time what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you if there's a circumstance or there's a situation that you're going through right now, and it's, it's probably something that's difficult, it's probably something that's a challenge. And it's, it's proven difficult to be thankful during this period of time while this is happening. And going through that circumstance, here's what I'm going to invite you to do. I'm going to invite you in just a second to slip your hand up. And then I'm going to invite people that are around you to put their hand on, their, on your shoulder and pray for you. Because we're going to engage this morning. So if you're going through something, I don't care what it is. I don't care what kind of a challenge it is. I don't know what it is, but you are going through a challenge. You are going through a difficulty. You are going through a hardship. It might be physical. It might be financial. It might be relational. I don't know what it is, but if you're going through something, I want you to slip your hand up right now. Don't wait. Don't be ashamed. There is nothing to be worried about. This is as safe as a place as there gets. I see hands from the far left to the far right. I see hands from the front to the back. Here's what I want you to do. If your hand is not raised, I want you to look around. And I want you to find somebody that has their hand raised right now. And I want you, if they're close to you, I want you to go put your hand on their shoulder and we're going to pray as we close our service. Come on, don't hesitate. I've got someone up on the front row right here. Yes. Yes, let's make sure that everybody, keep your hand up. I need a a guy right here. Thank you. I need a guy over here on my far left. Somebody, just go. Don't worry, just go. Thank you. Yes. Oh, it's fun to see the body of Christ in action. If you're out in the hub, if you're in the wiggle room, Find somebody that will pray with you or come on in here, but let's pray together, shall we? Father, you see the needs of these people. God, these these folks that have their hands raised, and and we all know that it's challenging. It's difficult. God, it's hard to want to Stand out by raising our hand because then what are people going to think of me? Father, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks other than the fact that we're going to give people opportunity to lift us up in prayer. And so God, we pray for these folks that have their hands up. I pray that you will minister to them today. God, there are different needs, there are different situations in everyone's life. Some are physical, some are relational, some are financial, some are situational. But God, there are issues, and we ask you today, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would hear the prayer of these folks right now that are praying for others in the church. Lord, as we lay our hands on people right now, I pray that the Holy Spirit would engage and begin to minister in power. God, I thank you today because you are moving. You are doing something in our lives. You are doing something in our circumstances. And Father, we want to say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.